Welcome, dear listener. I'm Louis, your host, and it's my pleasure to welcome you to another episode of The Cove, the podcast where we go deep with builders on Solana. Today, I'm really excited to have the first privacy-focused protocol on the podcast. I'm chatting with Sven from Light Protocol. So if you want to hear what the state of privacy is on Solana and what you can do with Light Protocol to shield your soul, you're in for a treat. But before we kick into that, I'd like to share a bit about our sponsor. Streamflow is the leading token distribution platform on Solana. With Streamflow's token vesting service, you have absolute control over the vesting schedule. Set the dates, add a cliff, set automatic withdrawals so that the vested tokens are dropped right into the recipient's wallet, set notifications to the recipient about the stream status and much more. Streamflow's contracts are audited and already have over 150 million in TVL from some of the strongest teams on Solana. If you're looking to set up vesting contracts, head over to streamflow.finance to get started today. So I'm very excited to welcome Sven from Light Protocol uh, onto the podcast today. Welcome, Sven. Thanks for having me, Louis. Yeah, it's a pleasure. I'm excited to chat with you about privacy on Solana. Uh, Before we dive into the protocol itself, would you mind just giving a bit of a context for how Light Protocol started and a bit about the team who's working on it? Yeah, for sure. So that's that's actually a cool story. so uh, with two kind of you know core contributors, uh, you know just kind of evolved um, just naturally actually. So so the background story is my good friend that I know for a very long time. We're basically childhood friends, uh, friends and know each other till you know since since we kind of know what you know humans are and like what you know what so like very early on you know became friends, and so um, he was working on his master thesis back in. Uh, you know, last year, I think it was actually two years ago, and he was um, working on uh, doing private voting using Tornado Cash back then on Ethereum. So like doing Tornado, uh, using Tornado uh, to implement private voting. Uh, and and it's, it's a funny story because like he basically realized, well, Ethereum is, you know, really, you can't do it on Ethereum, it's too, too expensive. And so he was looking uh, into Solana and he was like, okay, this is interesting. And, and where this whole thing started was like, okay, he got a grant from RVC actually in America uh, just to build this thing out in his free time. And then it's kind of gra- gradually evolved into what it is now. Uh, and in uh, August last year, um, you know, so about six, seven months ago, we actually met up, met up uh, in Berlin. You know, we're both from Germany. Uh, and we were just checking in and talking about what we were doing. And he was like, oh, like this is interesting. Do we want to help me out with some technical bits? Um, and, and I was like, I was thinking because the background story is both of us got into crypto back in 2017 um, and, you know, dabbling as investors, getting to know the space. And after that, you know, kind of 2018 and then 2019, 2020, um, we kind of went separate ways. So he, you know, my friend, uh, his name is Jorrit, he went on to do kind of, you know, CompSci uh, studying and uh, doing his master thesis on zero knowledge proofs, right? Which is an interesting thing that we could talk about. He was um, going down that path and doing his master thesis while I was going into kind of what I know, you know, call Web2, which is like basically working at different startups in Berlin and 
doing you know coding but also sales and business development basically trying to you know spend my time trying to sell SaaS to small medium-sized businesses in Germany which is a very different space a very different world to yeah kind of web free and crypto that, that we're in right now um, and so yeah we met up you know shifting back to, to August we met up there and we was like okay this is interesting I'm gonna help them out and it just like evolved full-time we're like oh this is really cool um, let's just do it full-time and so we uh, went full-time on this and and that's how how the things got started there and your life has been changed ever since and you're probably working much much harder <laughs> um, yes yes yeah crypto has a has a has a way of doing that to you so uh, that's really cool let's um then hear a bit about light protocol could you introduce the the project for sure so basically Light protocol is this privacy layer on on solana which is uh sort of like the, the first you know first uh, open source and audited kind of privacy layer that's out there um and it's really interesting right because like privacy has been with blockchains sort of like it's been this kind of you know, um, little kid, you know, saying next to the spot, like being sort of in the shadow of the big ones like Bitcoin, Ethereum. It's like privacy was there quite early on with Monero and then later Zcash, uh, mainly. And um, so privacy was there for a long time using zero knowledge proofs. Uh, but so far, you know, barely anyone uses privacy. Um, and and there are a couple of good reasons for that. Um, and and sort so on a high level, yeah, well, like why why don't people use privacy and like why is it such a kind of niche thing in crypto and in Web three? Is uh, and it's kind of like our thesis here is that you know users they just really quickly um, you know trade off their privacy uh, against better user experience, and so. You know, if you can get, uh, you know, just slightly better user experience from, you know, giving up some bits of your privacy, you'd readily, you know, readily choose that. Um, you know, just for example, most people, you know, like look at the, the traffic that Google gets as a search engine versus DuckDuckGo or Chrome versus Brave browser, right? And so it's it's always been that way also in Web2. Um, and so, and, and, and all these different chains so far and kind of the different networks and, and tools that try to introduce privacy to blockchains, uh, they're sort of like not a good enough user experience. It's, like, it's actually, you know, you can feel that you're doing something just, you know, going out of the way, out of your way, just to get to privacy. Um, and, you know, it stems in this fundamental, fundamental uh, need for privacy, which is basically, well, you know, blockchains, uh, you know, there are inherently public uh, public ledgers you need, you know, for consensus, uh, you know, validators and miners, they need uh, the public ledger. Now with ZKP, which is, you know, zero knowledge proofs, which is like this fancy tech uh, that we're working with, um, you don't need the transparency anymore. You can still prove to a system like the blockchain that you indeed, you know, have some certain attributes or did something without actually proving who you are or what you did. And so and that's kind of this kind of pivotal moment where like, okay, we don't have, we don't have privacy. We need to introduce privacy. So far there's been different chains doing it and like different tools doing it, but they're not good enough. And so people are not using it. And so basically uh, what this comes down to is like, okay, we were thinking, well, let's bring this to Solana because Solana is all about user experience and speed, uh, you know, and like, really easy user experiences. And so, um, yeah, that's kind of the idea here, right? Like kind of 
cross the chasm of user experience with privacy by going uh, with with Solana and starting with Solana. So the, the the thesis is like the the private privacy tech is good enough, but the UX is falling down, and therefore people are being blocked from adopting it more widely. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and, and that's 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 one of this, these insights, right? Like we talk to a lot of people, and, and also, uh, um, you know, just people saying, like, well, okay, like how much kind of groundwork do you have to do? How much, you know, like do you have to write up your own like? You know, proving systems and something. Yeah, there there is just a couple of things that we need to adapt. But like the the basic zkp is really good right now. You know, like it's evolved from you know just like really expensive, uh, clumsy uh, implementations. You know, in the beginning to, uh, and I'm not saying clumsy in terms of bad work. Just like the tech wasn't there, and then you know it evolved evolved into uh, now like actually really efficient. Things and and it's still like if you compare it to, you know, kind of the compute budgets that you face when you develop on Solana, like it's still you know super expensive, um, but we're getting there. And so so at this point, it's just like okay, use what we have that you know the groundwork that others laid laid out and um, package that into the best user experience that we can get. Yeah, cool. Uh, just on like a side note on what you've just said there, there's a fascinating piece by one of the people who was involved um, in the original creation of Zcash, uh, like mm-hmm. in, in signing the original um, proof or whatever it's referred to, um, which is a, a awesome read, which I'll add in the, the show notes. Um, but let, let's dive a bit more in how you're packaging this privacy. So could you tell us a bit about Lightshield? For sure. Okay, so um, for context, we have this privacy protocol, which is basically... Um, allowing users to do private transactions on Solana. So um, basically, it's like it's like you know, looking at the protocols, like you have a shielded pool that is sort of like Zcash, but it's not that its own chain, its own coin. It's on Solana as a, as a smart contract, as a program. Uh, so that's the state right now. Um, and now you can do you know anything you can do. You can like you know shield into that pool, and you can unshield from that pool. It's the most basic you know, on and off ramp. Um, that you can do with the protocol. And then you can also do like internal transfers like with Zcash that are completely anonymous uh, with the protocol. And now the question is that now you have this protocol, what, well, what is our goal is to try to make it available and accessible throughout the, the you know, kind of the web and then also um, in the different um, decentralized applications um, that are out there on Solana, right? And so our first user interface is just like this thin wrapper around this protocol, which is like, and that's what Light, Light Shield is, right? Is um, uh, you shield something, uh, you, you have your private balance, and then you can use that private balance whenever you want to, to you know, fund burner wallets that are disconnected from your prior identity, from your um, on-chain identity. Um, and you can fund it. So you can use your private balance for different things. And Light Shield is sort of like this first interface that allows you to just do that. And um, yeah, and then, so, and then we go from there. So um, like to give a concrete example, because I've seen people complaining on Twitter uh, about that when they're sweeping NFTs, that yeah. like it's too visible who they are. So let's say that I'm like a whale and I want to sweep some NFTs. I would um, I would put the some soul, I would shield it, and then it comes out the other side into a burner wallet, and then I would use that to be sweeping NFTs. Is that how it would work? Yeah. So, so uh, that's a, that's a really good use case because from you know what, what 
talking to people like that's one of the needs actually for people is like they you know don't want people to track their nft um sales and buys um yeah so the the see how it works is it's sort of like well you can just like we have a wallet right um where you kind of get some money in either for moon pay or you know just a different transfer or a different you know transfer from a different wallet um you stack your private balance with light shield as well right and then you have your private balance um and what happens is that then you can use that private balance to to unshield into new addresses into new burner wallets okay so i um so there's like a three steps uh, so i firstly i have the solana i i shield it and it's it's on an address and then i unshield it to a burner wallet after is that right is that right or i'm still not getting it <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so that's correct okay basically and, and basically that's sort of like what we start with right and then the long-term goal is well you know just like make make it really uh omnipresent that people have a private balance and then they would just you know leave the private pool right because like if you think like what what is a private balance really it's a, sh a shielded address is not like a regular solana address so it's not recorded on chain Mm -hmm. What actually is, it's a key pair that's um, derived from the normal Solana wallet. So it just, you know, it belongs to only you, but it's not recorded on chain. And so we have this smart contract, this program that uses ZKP to verify, you know, do the transactions. Uh, I can, uh, you know, dig a bit more into that. And also for the technical folks, uh, you know, I can, I can uh, share some links as well. We can like write something up in the next weeks as well is uh, basically basically you you know you can you, once you shield um, it's not like it's for the for the chain for Solana it looks like um, you're sending money with your deposit address or like shielding address right you're sending uh, money to a program our program right so that's what it looks like and then when you do stuff in the shield pool it doesn't even show up you know it doesn't even show mm -hmm. up it doesn't even you know not, no no transfers showing up and when you unshield again into your new address what it looks like is that your program is giving some money to a new address right but it's you know it's not clear that there's a connection between you and uh, the receiver in the end so in some ways it reminds me of the old like bitcoin mixes but um actually a good implementation right because i think those bitcoin mixes were fairly trivially um you know in the end people were able to break them fairly well mm -hmm. um so i'm curious now that now when i'm in this shielded state uh is there in the future would you like to have the possibility for me to be able to do more actions and here i'm thinking about like light for devs which i saw on the website yeah yeah that's a it's a nice one so exactly so right like you know what you know people you know speak of user experience what we want to solve is user experience and so it's not going to be a good user experience if people have to go to this website and like you know kind of shield their tokens and then wait for a bit until there is enough traffic and then unshield again uh you know into in your wallet it's like it's not convenient so basically the idea is to bring that and partner with all the different uh, protocols out there and, and wallets and bring this private balance right in you know into that space so um, you can you know you can use you can use your shield of balance 
um, right in the different protocols, right? And then for different kind of layers of integration, you know, it could be like a simple integration that's just like, you know, sort of like an on-ramp or off-ramp, like let's say MoonPay. Um, and, you know, like what, what sort of MoonPay does, but for just normal soul transfers from fiat to soul and back. Um, or it could be a heavier integration, like let's say with wallets, right? Where it's basically like really abstracted away and all you have is like next to your normal balance, you have a private balance. So that's really what we're looking at, right? And then you have kind of this availability and then basically by making it really cheap and really fast, right? That's the goal making the kind of the shielding and unshielding process really fast and really cheap. Um, you can then go and kind of use that on the fly. Yeah, it's, it strikes me when you're saying that, that it really plays into what a lot of us feel is a big advantage for Solana in terms of the composability element. Mm. Because when you look at privacy on Ethereum, for example, you have Tornado, I think, which is on the L1, last I checked. I don't know if they've gone to an L2 yet. Um, and then you have like Aztec, which is, I think it's like its own private mm. chain. Um, but always what I come back to there is the lack of composability um, is always going to kind of be a bit of a blocking, blocking point. And I know in Monero, they talk a lot about like privacy by default. And it strikes yeah. me that having that, that, um, that high level of composability on Solana with privacy being inbuilt in into, other, into other teams' applications, you know, maybe it's not quite privacy by default, but it's like much, much closer to it being privacy by default rather than having to go on to like Ethereum and then onto an L2 and then off an L2. Um, so it's really, yeah, I'm, I'm liking what I'm hearing here. Um, so the next question is, do we even deserve privacy? Why should we have privacy? Yeah, um, definitely wanted a question. Um, so, well, there, there are kind of two sides to it, right? Like there's the, the one side, which is, well, privacy is basic human right. You know, it's been declared as that. Uh, and there are obvious reasons for it. And there will always be obvious reasons for it uh, that are, I think, very clear to everybody. And then, you know, that's just like the abstract layer. But looking at blockchains, you know, what, what, what's, you know, strikes, you know, if you look at blockchains and I know we, we kind of, we had a brief chat prior to this and we were also mentioning this, right? It's basically, well, if you have businesses uh, adopting blockchain or you have sort of the mainstream user adopting blockchain, not the, you know, the crypto punk, you know, the, the, the cypher punks or like very early adopters, um, but you have actual like mainstream users who, you know, just want to, you know, let's say, get their payroll in crypto, you know, or pay for a coffee with crypto. Um, and that's just one of the examples, kind of couple, you know, couple of the examples that I think are going to be there in, in the future is um, you have these mainstream users. Well, they absolutely require privacy, right? And so we don't have that so far by default on, on the kind of the normal layer ones, like you know, Ethereum and, and Solana itself. Uh, but we have them in kind of the, the layer twos and the, and the smart contracts. Um, but it's absolutely, you know, like it's, it's actually a rational decision. You know, like there's a thing called trade secret for businesses, right? They, you know, if they would transact in, on public ledgers, that would be, that, that's not possible for them, full stop. And so, you know, it's absolutely linear. Um, question is really just like okay what what will get us there right uh, because it's not it's not uh, because with public ledgers how the tech works you need really good text tech and really hot work to actually make it that convenient um, 
that people will, will luck, happily adopt it, right? So that's, I think, the bigger question. Yeah, so there's sort of two levels there. You have the individual, uh, the individual user who is, of course, you know, if we really think practically, of course, if you send some money to your friend, you don't want them to easily be able to trivially check, you know, your whole balance. I mean, it's such an obvious point and somehow it gets really papered over very often. I think because just, there hasn't been a clear solution. So people just tend, they prefer not to talk about it. And then on like a higher company level, um, then also there's a question about like how, how much you want to be public information. And for, from my point of view, it's really it's privacy is something that you should have the option of opting out if it's required for some reason. Maybe, um, you know, you need to you need to show your financial information for some reason. But it's something that we should really be aiming and driving towards making um, opt out rather than opt in as much yeah. as possible. Um, 100%, yeah. Yeah. So you have this concept I saw in the white paper about the UX liquidity flywheel. Uh, yeah. I would love if you could unpack that a little bit. For sure. Yeah. So basically what that is, just like kind of simplification of what we think will get uh, privacy to, you know, a billion users adopting it in crypto eventually. Uh, and also, you know, what's so powerful about it that we think that light protocol is going to be that. And, and just also to kind of um, circle back to like what you've just mentioned before, that it's like really important. No one seems to talk about it. Yes. And I mean, I think, and I, I'm a bit biased, obviously, but like, I believe that uh, privacy is like one of the few most important things in crypto that you can work on. If you go into crypto and you work on privacy, like that's one of the most important things you can work on, right? It's like huge impact potentially on the, the long-term adoption of, of crypto and also the the feasibility of it and kind of the uh, the impact on people's lives that it will have. Um, so, and, and, and kind of cycling back to the, the, back again to the UX liquidity flywheel. So basically it's this idea that, well, if you start from the point that well, if users get a better user experience without privacy, they will happily opt out, even if it's like opt out and not opt in, right? Mm. Um, which which I think is an interesting one. I think that opt out is definitely super important uh, because kind of it puts the default mode for people uh, and so that it introduces some friction, right? If it's actually opt out. So actually, so, so the question becomes with UX, like, okay, how can you make it opt out? And it's only if it's like, the, the top level of user experience that you have. So what that means is if you think of the very best user experience that you have and you, you, you just take as a benchmark mark the normal, let's say Solana transaction, you would want to, uh, theoretically, you wouldn't want to be the private, the private transaction to be um, equally frictionless and equally smooth. Um, if you have that level of convenience, then you know people won't you know they will actually happily go with privacy and so the question okay how do you get to that and so basically what we figured out was that a lot of the issues that current privacy solutions have with uh, is basically just that they they're not used enough and so it takes a long time so so there are a couple of issues with with uh, with low liquidity and throughput right and volume it's basically the system that I've explained, shielded pools, right? If you have on and off ramps to the shielded pool and from the shielded pool, um, you need, um, you know, like what's, it's in clear text, what you send in, what you send out. So if you don't have enough throughput, uh, it's like, you know, privacy actually gets lost. So that's like the first thing. Um, 
and so that's really interesting where when you realize that when you have more volume and more liquidity, uh, you know, that kind of make up an anonymity set in the shielded pool. If you have more of that, actually the user experience gets better because you, uh, you know, you don't have to wait so long to like unshield again. Um, you know, it's, it's, you know, you, you, you reach your decent privacy levels really quickly. Um, and so, well, the question is, well, okay, so now that makes user experience better, which usually leads to more usage and like more use cases being being able to be adopted, right? So, um, and, and we kind of coupled that with sort of the technical uh, improvements that, we'll, that we're making on Solana blockchain um, and drive down the costs uh, and uh, this um, time it takes to execute those things. And that's basically how you increase the user experience and that allows now, you know, Oh, that's kind of opening up the space for more and more integrations because, you know, apps can actually have, you know, serve different use cases with it because it's finally like cheap enough and fast enough and accessible enough. Um, and it's sort of like this flywheel, right, where, where that sort of leads to more usage as well. And then that's sort of reinforcing. And then, you know, that's how basically in the end we get to to kind of the best user experience that's out there. One question there in terms of the UX so you're mentioning when there's very low liquidity, it, it takes longer to withdraw. Um, then I guess the question I have is like, how how idiot proof is is shielding? Like, do I have to, um, you know, implicitly know some some tips on how long to wait and what amounts to be putting in, how specific to be putting in, stuff like that? Yeah, that's a that's a very good question. Uh, our goal basically is to make it kind of a no brainer, right? Mm -hmm. So automate automate that process. Um, and we're um, we're gonna you know we're working on some some tools and some basic processes that you know make kind of automate that, so you don't have to actually think okay what you know what am I gonna do, uh, where for you it's like a no brainer where like oh I have some price balance and it shows to me that uh, you know it's like you know safely um, you, I can I can withdraw it safely I can unshield it safely, um, but then I, I'm just gonna go ahead and do that right so like that's the level of kind of user experience you want to reach. Um, but yeah, theoretically, you can still uh, kind of go, going for that motion of like unshielding. You can uh, like there are attack vectors to it, and you can kind of skew with the results. So okay, so in in essence, it's um it's again a UX problem, uh, which is something that you guys will be yep. supporting, like holding the hand of a user. Yeah. Okay. Cool. We've we've mentioned Tornado Cash a couple times. Uh, so this is, I think, probably if people are familiar with privacy on on chain, then this is probably likely what they've heard. Maybe some protocol yeah. was hacked and then the funds were taken to Tornado Cash. Um, so maybe you could just compare or contrast light to Tornado Cash uh, a little yeah. bit so we can get a better feeling for it. For sure. So Tornado Cash and Tornado Team, you know, great people. Uh, they've built this amazing thing. Um, and and basically, you know, when when, pe when, I, when we talk to people and they ask us, well, is, is it like, you know, technically, is it like Tornado Cash? And we're like, no, it's more like Zcash, right? And, and Tornado, the Tornado team, uh, few people know that, but um, the Tornado team just, you know, last year, um, they open sourced this kind of shielded pool, right? Uh, that is basically also like like Zcash. So it's like it's not Tornado Cash. It's called Tornado Nova, uh, and it's and that's really interesting now. 
Because the problem with Tornado Cash, the original Tornado Cash that everybody's talking about and using, is it's just really a token mixer. So you cannot do anything. There's no, there's no utility other than put some you know coins in, wait for others to put coins in, and then withdraw them. Uh, and you can you know you have like fixed uh, den denominations like you know you can only put in uh, one ETH, 0.1 ETH, and so on, or you know X die or whatever. Um, and so this is like really just for the purpose of like um, mixing tokens, right? And it just like really limits the possible use cases that you can have with this. Because like, I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to take that example where, well, if you have fixed denominations, and let's say you have some, um, some unspent transaction outputs in the, uh, in the Tornado Cash mixer, um, and then you would want to go ahead and pay, pay, you know, for a coffee and a coffee is like, you know, six bucks. What do you do? You have to do six, six different withdrawals because there's only like a one ETH or not one ETH, but like in that case, uh, one die, uh, or like one, uh, you know, whatever, uh, currency you want to put in stable coin. Um, and you just go and withdraw that six times. That's like, that's like, you know, imagine doing like a visa payment with your credit card, you have to swipe six times. That's sort of like mm. the user experience. And then you also have to wait for a long time. So, um, so that's sort of the so, sort of difference where with us, it's like you have flexible arbitrary amounts, right? And it, so you, it's just like a normal transaction that you make. Um, and what's much more uh, interesting as well is what's going on inside the pool because basically it's like a shielded pool you can actually do transactions uh inside the shielded pool so basically what happens if you if you have assets in the shielded pool is that in exchange for your token that goes into the program right um you get uh utxo which is sort of like how you know you know they're like account based and utxo based layer ones and sort of like bitcoin for instance work with utxo based model right so uh, they're not just changing balances on accounts um, like Ethereum does or Solana does, but they're actually like splitting unspent transaction outputs. And that's how you kind of, um, you know, like I have, I have a UTXO that says I, you know, own five bucks, five Bitcoin, and I give you two Bitcoin. What basically happens is I split my UTXO into two UTXOs, one that is two Bitcoin and one that is three Bitcoin. And I just give you ownership over that UTXO that is, you know, to Bitcoin. And so um, that's how it works. And, and basically with Shield Pool is the same thing, um, where now I can actually give you unspent transaction outputs uh, without anybody seeing, which I just prove it to the system, you know, uh, that I have certain inputs, trans UTXO inputs, unspent transaction output inputs. Um, and uh, that on the other side, you know, on your side, there's a certain, you know, the balance kind of matches. That's, that's sort of this whole game. And we just prove it in a ZKP way so that no one sees it. And now we can do like completely anonymous transfers that are totally off chain. Um, but they're, you know, they have the security of the chain because it's based on zero knowledge proofs. Um, so this is very interesting. So you're saying that um, you would have potentially many, many transactions um, that are, how does this compare? Cause some people will have been following like, uh, L2 rollups on Ethereum, which is also yeah. using zero knowledge proofs. Yeah. So yeah. How, can you maybe contrast a little bit, um, like where the differences are there? So people have a good, a good understanding. I think it's a really good, 
mental model to think about it um, is sort of the kind of, you know, taking Aztec for instance, kind of doing a shout out there. You know, that's sort of like a very similar thing. Basically what they did is, you know, they implemented a shield of pool and they just put it on their own rollup so they save transaction costs and they can aggregate uh, transactions, right? If you fear, you have the problem that if you want to, you know, do proof verification and like we do general purpose proof verification, ZK snarks, um, it's really computationally expensive. And so for Ethereum, what they do is they have their layer, layer two, their sort of roll-up that um, aggregates a certain amount uh, of transactions back into the layer one. So it saves on transaction cost. Um, but it's, it's, just, it's a cool mental model. It works for Solana as well. I know that, you know, and Natalie and like all those folks, uh, you know, they, they don't like to wear uh, layer two or roll-up. And, and I totally get that. At the same time, like, you know, you you could use that to think of it as a mental model. Um, it's and it's a, it's a very similar. And so, say we have five hundred transactions um, that are inside the shielded pool. At what point are they being validated by, like a Solana validator? Are they? Yeah, that's yeah, that's so that's a difference. That's an actual difference to like an actual uh, layer two or roll up, right? Is like mm -hmm. we with every transaction we directly verify that on the chain we're not aggregating uh. we're not aggregating so it's like we do it for single uh for every single transaction we do that um on the on the chain so it's okay. not like gotcha. technically it's not exactly the same but if you think about you know the, the shield the pool part that things like aztec have for instance that's kind of sort of like level very similar okay and for someone looking they would see like your smart contract doing something but they would not be able to then connect that to the money that was initially shielded like um they would only be able to see sort of a change on your smart contract but no sort of footsteps to get there is that roughly right yeah there's exactly there's no direct on-chain link because mm -hmm. you know that's done with zero, zero knowledge proof verification you sort of like proof that you own a certain stake a certain part of the balance that the program has right and you prove that to the program without revealing anything about yourself and when that proof verifies that you indeed have, you know, that two soul on that program's balance, um, you can then say, well, I want to put that into that address. And then the, the program does that because, you know, it's verified that it's yours. And what you end up with is the remaining change. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So I think we've kind of, hopefully that that's clear for the listener. And it's also clear, I think, where where the anonymity begins, where it ends, and then like where the opportunity is to, to sort of go further um, and, and add more possibilities once, it's, once you're shielded. So I'd love to hear a bit about um, where the project is currently and yeah, like a bit of the timeline when, what can people do currently with, with uh, Light Protocol? Yeah, for sure. So uh, timeline wise, uh, we're actually launching on mainnet this week. Nice. Um, so you know, it's some thank you, thank you. Uh, it's it's really good feeling. It's a really good feeling. Um, but yeah, so so that's sort of where it's at. It was like the protocol, you know, on mainnet, um, and we do kind of a face rollout where we you know start with like sort of like two soul, um, um, maximum cap, you know, shield shield amounts, and I would just like phase that out and just do that over time. Mm -hmm. um, and we're also launching with our interface, which is Light Shield, right? So you can go 
on shields.lightprotocol.com and then you can basically start shielding some tokens, some soul. We start out with soul initially um, and then we'll add more, uh, and that's one of the, you know, it's part of the roadmap is basically more uh, SPL tokens, right? Mm-hmm. Especially looking at stable coins, for instance. Um, so, yeah. so that's one thing and that's one mm-hmm. thing. So uh, doing kind of multiple asset support. And then we have really exciting plans for so the next six to nine months, um, especially looking at, well, how can we get the price down and the speed up? So it's like, just for kind of reference, right now, if you do a shield and unshield, and you both of them, at, you know, once, it's like you pay like what, one buck? It's like $1 you pay-ish. Um, so that's not, it's not bad, but it's, you know, it's not, you, you, you'll have to think about, okay, I'm actually gonna do that, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like, oh yeah, it's just part of the transaction fee. Um, and so the question is, well, how can you get that down to subsets? And so that's what we're working towards. Uh, we have some pretty exciting ideas and it's all, you know, it's all not, not nothing public yet, but like we'll, uh, we'll happily share more, you know, we'll, we'll share more as time progresses. Um, but with some, we have some super cool plans for that. And then obviously also just, uh, you know, making it faster right now. Uh, normally, normally it would take, you know, right now, what's, what, just to give you a, a brief sense, especially for maybe the people who are more technical on this podcast and listening it, is with, with Solana runtime, right? Basically we're sending 31 transactions um, at the same time, just to verify that proof. Right, that's the sort of the compute, mm-hmm. the compute cost that that it has to verify a zero knowledge proof, a general purpose zero knowledge proof on Solana runtime. So you send thirty transactions. Um, that's crazy. You um, and that's and that's accounting for the fact that we're bundling like fifty instructions into one transaction, which is like instructions like this base unit was like well you can have an instruction that's sort of like a function call and this function call has like a maximum uh, amount of compute units that you can use up right and uh, you can put multiple instructions into into a single transaction and that's really cool uh, with Solana is that you can do that because that allows you to do like you know you know cross program indications inside at one transaction like atomically so you could like if you look at trading and arbitrage, you could do like sell on one uh, DEX and buy on the other DEX in like one transaction. So it's like executed at the same time, um, you know, and it, you have some safety guarantees because it would also fail. If one of them fails, the whole transaction fails. So so that's really cool. Uh, but what we do is we bundle, like we max out, basically we max out the compute limits of a transaction. And then we still send 30, 31 transactions to verify. So, um, that's that's just uh, that's that's kind of the sense of where it is right now, and then getting that down to just a few transactions is is the absolute goal there. Yeah, awesome. And are you um you, you mentioned at the beginning that it's you and a good friend. Are you looking to expand the team in terms of um, like yeah 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 yeah. So um, we've uh, raised some money uh, from investors last year pre seed, and uh, we're actually closing around now. Uh, seed round, a bigger one, uh, and it's also still not public information, uh, but uh, that's going well, and and we're looking to aggressively hire. Like super important, we're like the team is running. The two of us, two of us, 
we're running at like 300% capacity, which is, which is fine. You can sustain that for a bit. Um, but at, we're actually at the point where it makes sense to hire. And, and that's mm-hmm. kind of my, like my personal take is that I think I see a lot of startups and also friends who do startups and also just like on crypto Twitter as well. You see that it's like startups hiring too quickly and hiring, you know, before, you know, hiring too many people before they actually really, really need that. And I think that's one of the, that's really deadly to, to uh, many startups is to hire too quickly before they have a good understanding of what they do. And like, sort of like this notion of product market fit, which I think um, will uh, as well take us uh, quite a while to get there. But um, it's basically, if you, if you, you know, think about it, like uh, hire, you know, you hire like five people, you're like two founders, you hire five people, what, you know, you, now your communication paths uh, essentially, um, you know, are, are, are squared to the amount of um, uh, amount of, of people that you have. It's not uh, exactly that mathematically, but it's like you have a crazy increasing amount on communication paths, and now you need to manage that. And so um, we see that, well, it's really good to, you know, take it slow with regards to hiring. But now we're actually at that point where like, okay, now we're like absolutely, you know, at capacity, uh, you know, many times over. So like if we hire, uh, you know, two or three people now, like that would still, like it would still be enough work for everyone to do. Uh, everyone will be so, at 200%. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, nice. If you count for the, yeah, the extra uh, overhead, that's that's definitely it. And I think, um, and that's, that's what we do, right? So like, um, I'll, uh, um, yeah, I'll just point out like, you know, for the listeners, you know, you're interested in like building something uh, on Solana, or just like want to have really, really big impact on like the future of blockchain, like, you know, talk to us, um, reach out. And, and also like, I would say this is maybe a spicy take, but I would say privacy is up there with like, you know, the environment in terms of um, importance and especially in blockchain, it's like one of the most critical areas to be working in terms of like providing a public good for people. So yeah, really would encourage anyone who's interested and who likes what they hear to reach out. Um, actually, so speaking about working in privacy, do you have a feeling for the year to come? Um, any any teams that you're seeing doing cool stuff on Solana? Any trends you're noticing? Yeah, there. it's so cool. Uh, when we started last year, there was no, you know, like there, were, there was a project um, you know, it sort of, sort of seems defunct right now. Uh, that was sort of working on privacy on Solana, uh, but there was nothing else. Like you, you, we'd have these great hackathons, um, you know, especially, uh, you know, like there were like three different hackathons, I think last year, and it had great, you know, great projects in there. But there was like barely any ze- like privacy work and zero knowledge yeah. proof work. I think we were like the first, uh, big one that actually brought out like a working MVP um, on and that was the hacker that was the I think in November October October November um, that, that was ignition the, I think ignition exactly yeah. yeah that's when we launched sort of like just the proof of concept that wow it's actually possible technically to verify uh, ZK snarks on Solana right and so that was like really clumsy like took years uh, you know it was it took years to sort of like create proofs and verify them. Um, 
And now with the next, so basically then we had Reptile just now. Now we have four or five different privacy or like ZK products being built. And I, I think that's totally amazing. So what I'm seeing and as well with talking, you know, talking to investors as well, see that, that now you have like a lot of, lot of funding actually, you know, compared to prior amounts of funding into privacy, not relative to kind of the crazy amounts of money that go into games and NFTs and stuff like mm. that. Um, now we see that as more and more attention coming to it. So I think actually that this year or maybe would, I, I think that like, if you look at the next wave of sort of like crypto bloom in like, let's say three years-ish, three to four years, I think that privacy will be up there. Like we'll have a couple of really, really big privacy protocols that kind of figured out how to solve those critical problems in terms of user experience. Um, and and I, I just love to see that people are taking it seriously and building stuff with it because it's also amazing tech, right? It's like really hard tech, but it's also just super fun. Yeah, 100%. I think if we really, really make it, you know, privacy won't even be a category. It will just be, uh, you know, a default that we're, it's part of crypto, basically. This, this is if we've really made it. Um, and I and I also just want to echo what we were saying a bit earlier, where um, Solana's uh, like the path that Solana is taking, where really prioritizing that composability, has the potential to make it like the private the privacy focused chain that has really high adoption in terms of privacy as well. Um, so yeah, fingers crossed for that. And and as composability is a big part of um, I think Solana's selling point, it's worth highlighting that this also extends to privacy. Yeah. 100%. Uh, 100%. I think also you can see that the Solana team, because the Solana team is, you know, just their formidable, formidable uh, uh, executors. And basically what they, how they're thinking about privacy is, well, they, they look at what gets us the most um, traction, what gets us the most usage, right? And that's why also they're pushing and heavily kind of incentivizing NFTs and games, right? Because they realize, well, that's what gets people on chain. Um, and, and so they're looking at privacy as well. They're like, okay, we have some things like, you know, payments, Solana Pay, and their goal is to kind of make it adopted by, by, by the mainstream user, right? And they are fully aware that they need privacy, like at least some level of privacy uh, that is at least on chain, right? Um, and, uh, you know, they've had their own open source implementation of uh, confidential transfers. It's called, mm -hmm. um, this is SPLZK token. It's like sort of like an extension of the SPL token program. Um, and so they were like, they're also publicly acknowledging that, right? And it's supporting us. And so there's, um, that's, I, I think that there's a lot of validation from the layer one as well. Uh, and they're just fully aware that, you know, Solana needs privacy, sort of as like a feature. Uh, and that this can be actually a unique differentiator between other L1s. Uh, that are not just sole, solely for the purpose of privacy. And I think I think that's the way to go, right? You want to be where the user is at. And Solana is doing a great job, has done and is doing and it will do a great job at attracting uh, builders who build, you know, really for the user and, att and attracting retail users as well. Um, more so, I think, than any other chain. And I think uh, and that's why I'm personally like really, really bullish on, on Solana. 100%. I think that's a great note to, to finish finish the call on. Um, I'm also bullish on Solana. Uh, so uh, for anyone who is keen to learn more about Light Protocol, we mentioned before about the fact that you're hiring. Do you want to shill where they can get in touch? 
Yeah, for sure. So it's uh, Twitter at Light Protocol. It's that simple. Uh, reaching out. We also have Discord. You'll find the link there as well. Uh, and then you know, you, if you want to shield some some soul, uh, just give it give it a try. It's uh, shield.lightprotocol.com. And that's on mainnet already, or coming in the next week. That's we're we're uh, re- officially announcing it uh, in this week. So I'll I'll just I'll drop you a note, and then you know you can include it whatever in the footnotes or whatever. Perfect, perfect. Cool. All right, so we can say in the next week you can hop on there and start shielding. Yeah, perfect. Cool. Then thanks a lot for coming on, Sven. It was a real pleasure. It's great. Thanks for having me. Uh, have a have a good one. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you liked it, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. Leave us a review if you're feeling generous. And I'd also like to give a brief reminder that nothing said on the podcast is financial advice. My views are my own. And when navigating crypto, remember that you are responsible for your own assets and always do your own research.